It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library, and that's Bob Mumby. The Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Harford County Public Library. Today we'll be speaking with Howard McComas IV, owner and senior funeral director of McComas Funeral Homes. That's a tongue twister. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Good morning, Howard. Hello. Good morning, Howard. Hello. And Quentin is actually a V. Yes, he is. He's a fifth. I don't know any Vs. Well, that's your first, Bob. Yeah. Howard McComb is the fifth, his son Quentin is. Yeah. Now, was the founder um, senior, or was there other McCombs? We're going to go back another six generations. So oh, the founder okay. was some guy that uh, had horses, yeah, 1808. Um, so the Howards got started. And I'm the fourth Howard in line, but uh, nope, six generations. We should, um, Jen, we should put up on the website some of the photos um, of the old Comus, their equipment, their vehicles, sure. and their locations. Okay, let's get the uh, gripe session out of the way. It's our courtesy project, and we say this with full acknowledgement that we're not perfect and far from it. But some things get on our nerves, my nerves. <laughs> um, and we like to open the show with it to get it out of our system. Um, first thing is, um, what time is high school start now? I was out about some godly hour this morning, and there were already buses on the road. Well, you would know Howard, or North yeah. Harford starts at seven. I think, yeah, right? we're uh, in uh, queues down at uh, in Baltimore, so you know about eight seven forty five something like that. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, that's the first one. The lottery. Oh. Regressive tax. Now, I'm not upset because I didn't win, but oh, can't we figure out a, a better way to raise $800 million than by... You go, I go into the store, and the people in there buying lottery tickets don't look like they have that much expendable income, and they're buying $20, $40 a pop. I know. Is that, isn't that a regressive tax? You don't have to say that. Well, I mean, it, it, it's a craziness that's been created, you know, yeah. through the marketing and everything. I mean, just think about it, you know. They're showing you how you can claim your prize, right? right. Who's going to win? How many? Yeah. yeah, and it's one in 296 million. Well, but I guess odds. it pays a lot of bills. <laughs> I've got a shot. By the way, I just need to say, I, I am. All, it sounds like I'm talking to a third person in the studio. I am. Allison McCord, my friend and uh, business partner in a number of endeavors, is here. Um, watching the show, and so I I can't ignore that she's here. So some I may even say her name once or twice while we're on the show, and she's going to be quiet for the whole hour. Which, according to her husband, she said he said good luck with that. <laughs> Terrible, you are. Um, people and bank lines and movie lines that stand behind you, and the line's not moving, or airline security line, right. And the person in front of you moves up 12 inches. The person behind you moves up 12 inches and expects you to move. Like, mm. breathing right down my neck. Yeah. What is that? They're probably, that impatient they need to feel the progress? Probably on their phone, right? Well, Look, looking straight down and banging against your back. I, that is my cue to say, oh, I'm going to make the, let this gap open to like six feet. <laughs> That's an aggressive much, Bob. <laughs> oh, yes. And the last thing. Did you hear about this repo truck driver? No. It's in the news today. Okay. And our friends at the E just reported on it. 
And this is outrageous. A woman, I, I think we know her. I won't mention her name because uh, um, a, a, a driver for um, some company that made an auto loan uh, was hired to get a car back, an SUV, a woman in a residential area, 53-year-old victim, was in her yard in North Road in Bel Air when this driver drove up into the driveway. She was by herself. She, they almost hit her, so she got in the SUV. He, she said he didn't get out of the tow truck to identify him, so fearing for her safety, she drove away and called the state police. He followed the victim onto 543, then to northbound Route 1, where the victim said he crossed into the opposing lane of travel and attempted to force her off the road mm. so that he could repossess her SUV. That, she, they don't, you know. Um, other drivers reported it. She pulled into a gas station to wait for the police. He lifted up the front of her car with his lift six feet so that she wouldn't drive away. The police showed up, and she was in her car, mm. tilted up six feet diagonal. This guy was arrested, taken to jail, let out on bail. But is, is this just their operating orders? They're, uh, when Go out, get that car, even if you have to force them off the road and kill them? Um, I think he's probably acting on his own in that situation. I, oh. don't, I don't recall hearing many stories of that type of uh, event, and I Good. think we would. If that was happening on a regular basis, right? I, mean, I hear, I hear a movie, though. You know? Uh, That's absolutely a movie scene. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg could make a whole movie out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All righty. That's enough griping. You got a lot of gripes, don't you? Yeah, I do. You guys know me. Yep. And I, you should hear the ones I suppress. Well, I was just saying, don't, let, <laughs> don't, don't keep it bottled up, is what I was going to say. It's good therapy for him. Absolutely. You know. Glad uh, to be here for you, Bob. And Jen will get to the office, and Mary will go, Everything were the gripes okay, <laughs> <laughs> and they know they know Jen and uh, Leslie know that if I ask like, can I say this on the air? They said before I finish the question, they say no. <laughs> Usually, if you have to ask, what, that's a pretty yeah, good interview. Whatever the question is. <laughs> All righty, we got that out of our system. Yeah, would you? Uh, what do you want to do? Some trivia? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I man. heard Howard is a is a black belt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll get it started. We'll see. Yeah, he's going to put you on the spot. Well, um, I know that Howard graduated high school in the 80s. Yeah, right in the middle right? of it, 85. So I thought we'd be doing a little throwback trivia to the 80s. Because I like the 80s, and Bob liked music, and I like the music from the 80s. So, you know, let's see what we got. Okay. Um, who was addicted to love in the 80s? Um, Robert Palmer. Yes. Of course it was. <laughs> who started out with... Um, in Little Feet. Oh. Believe it or not. Okay. He's got a little early for he's, me. He's got music. Yeah, no, right? Cornered, yeah. I throw some in for him. Um, what was the name of David Hasselhoff's talking car in Knight Rider? Oh, wow. That I was, have no idea. Yeah, I do. You do? Certainly. Allison, you can, if you know it, you can say it. Okay, oh, right, she's no. reaching the... T- <laughs> oh, man. No technology. Complete blank. That's terrible. That's all right. It's Kit. Kit. Somewhere I knew that in the back I of my like head. I should have known that. That's yeah. okay. That's all right. We'll give you that one. Um, how about the colors of a Rubik's Cube? Any guesses on that? Yeah, that should be doable. White. Yeah. Red. Yeah. Yellow. Yep. Blue. Yep. Green. Yep. Black. Nope. No, no. Chartreuse. Primary color. Yeah. Well, 
not primary color, but on the rainbow. Purple. No, blue orange. One. Orange is it. See, that's it. Easy. Not Easy. bad. Not terrible. Should be chartreuse, though. <laughs> what is that? Like a green, right? Chartreuse? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what color it is. Um, how about the name of Kevin's girlfriend on The Wonder Years? Winnie. Yes. <laughs> and she's making a comeback on the Hallmark Channel. I doubt you gentlemen watch that, but, but she's uh, had a series of, of Christmas movies. Well, uh, I really? guess she's reached the age now where she's joined the club. So doesn't everybody make a comeback on Hallmark? Yes, Channel? absolutely. Yeah. Um, what duo lost their Grammy for Breath's new artist in the eighties? Millie Vanilli. Yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> music Man, I right? Lip sync. Well, that was a, that wasn't even music. They were just they lip synced the whole song. <laughs> well, they did it well though. <laughs> That's true. We'll, we'll, you know what? Let's yeah. release. We'll do a remake of like. Paradise by the Dashboard Light, or um, let's let's work on it after this interview. Okay. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what was ET's favorite candy? Interesting story. Re- Re- Reese's uh, Pieces. Reese's Pieces. They went to M and M, Touchlight or Amblin. Mm-hmm. Spielberg's company went to M and M because they wanted. They went to M and M and some other snack food company because they wanted. It to be some little thing like Hansel and Gretel that he used to to lure E.T. out. Okay. And Eminem said no, they don't want to be associated with it. And Hershey's was just coming out with Reese's Pieces. And they said sure. And it was like the it was the, the biggest uh launch of a candy from launch to their first million and so I don't know what the, the numbers are. It was a timing thing. Yeah. Right? So I think that guy at M&M who turned it down is making a comeback on Hallmark. (laughs) Hallmark Channel. (laughs) 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 That's funny. Um, How about uh, the 1980s ushered in the age of the Walkman? Mm -hmm. Which of these cassettes wouldn't have been released in the 80s? Thriller by Michael Jackson. The Joshua Tree by U2. Like a Virgin by Madonna, or Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. Mm. Joshua Tree. No. Jo- Ice Ice. I'd say Michael Jackson. Also not. It is Ice Ice Baby. What? It was 1990. Well, that's oh, you're, you're giving us one with like you know. You're just, you're just totally, turning the decade. I'm giving you easy questions. That's you're giving us one though. like with a fine tuning dial. I know. I know. Well, you're nope. tough, Bob. Technically, that was released. <laughs> January yeah. 2nd of 1990, so you got that one wrong, you loser. <laughs> hey, you said it, not me. Um, what 80s TV show starred Bruce Willis in a detective agency? Moonlighting one. Yes. Very good. Yeah. I love Moonlight that one there. Who was that? Sybil Shepherd, right? And yes. she's making a comeback on Hallmark <laughs> Channel. Three seasons of sexual tension. That's why The Office, uh, they had... They broke that. They had four between Pam and Jim. Mm. I could say sexual tension, right? Yeah, it's your show. Where the, the, the audience wants yeah. the protagonist to get together, mm-hmm. and they obviously love each other, right? but something keeps getting in the way. Or Yeah. That's what makes the best story. I that, wish I had a picture now of Howard McCombs' face. Just, that, <laughs> that's pretty deep. You know that? 
He's relieved that that's where I went with sexual yeah. tension. Yeah, though. the ar- ar- armchair psychologist. I know you better. <laughs> Just wondering. He came up with eight guesses, and that wasn't one of them. <laughs> How about uh, the Olympics? The 1980 Olympics were boycotted by the American athletes. Do you know where they were held? Moscow. Yes. Mm. Do you know why they were boycotted? Hmm? Why they were boycotted? Yes. Why? For Because of... Uh, Russia's, USSR's support of Iran. Close. It was their invasion of Afghanistan. Mm. Okay. It's interesting, though, that Which that was got, the 1980, and we're, we're and still... full circle, right? Yeah. And they got caught up in it then. We got caught up in it now. Yeah. yeah. They, yep. They, uh, no, it's only been 5,000 years. The like, 12 invaders have attempted to conquer Afghanistan, and they're over 12. Right. It's hard to find guys We're in still rocks. Fighting it. Yeah, <laughs> lots yeah. of rocks. Yeah. Um, and you know, in '84, um, Russia boycotted our Olympics in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. That was mature. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of mature, let's go immature. Uh, in what country was Pac-Man first released? You have some options: the U.S., China, Japan, or Canada. I say Japan. It was Japan. Seems like a a Japanese thing. Mm-hmm. It would go crazy. Yeah, that was that was Atari, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you know Atari was founded um, um, in 1888? I do. They did. Was it radio technology? No, uh, playing cards. Playing cards. Huh. Interesting. Talk about adjusting, calling audibles at the line. Meanwhile, Sears is gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for all the bonus information, by the way, Bob. Oh, yeah. Appreciate that. Oh, we're going to talk about... It's full of knowledge. Isn't he? Right? Useless it's Encyclopedia. Knowledge. That's well, all right. It's useful today. It's true. Very good point. Yeah. Um, let's go sports. Who won the ladies' singles at Wimbledon the most times in the 80s? Chris Abbott. No. Martina Navratilova. Yes. I'm glad you got that, so I didn't have to try to pronounce it this morning. <laughs> See, it's funny. Say Martina. Pete... It's, of course, with my kids, the things that they're not culturally aware of that were such a fiber of our lives, mm-hmm. and you guys mm-hmm. realize it. They'll look at me like I have three heads. They normally do, but <laughs> when I make references to some cultural things. Um, who attempted to assassinate Reagan in 1981? John Hinckley. Sure. That's I was right. thinking Mark David Chapman. Nope. It was. Nope. That was like a good phone-a-friend there, Allison, with the assist. <laughs> I better know that, too, by the way. Um, yep. All right, Bob, here's one for you. Who sang I Want My MTV on the song Money for Nothing by Dire Straits? Who sang the line? Um, Sting. Yes. I had no idea when I read that. Wow. You Allison, dug deep for that one, didn't you? Who did you think it was, Allison? Well, well Mark Knopfler was the lead singer of yeah. Dire Straits. Gotcha. Yeah, so I figured it saw was just the band London, doing it. Mm-hmm. In London. Nice. Saw them, saw them do that on stage. Wow. And in the David Bowie song, Fame, mm-hmm. the co-writer sings the fame, 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 all the way down. You know who that is? No. John Lennon. Huh. Holy smokes. See the things he knows. Going to walk out of here head full <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's do um, one or two more. Um, which volcano in Washington State erupted in 1980? Um, St. Helens. Very, very good. Mount St. Helens. Good job. 
<laughs> All right, and we'll end this uh, on a music note. Up Where We Belong was the theme music to which 80s film with Richard Gere and Deborah Winger? I'm gonna. I'm ashamed to know that. I think, but Officer and a Gentleman. Yes, thank right? you. You okay. should know that. You should be. Proud. I yeah. I watch it weekly. <laughs> I want your DOR mayonnaise. <laughs> I think Howard's actually the president of Richard Gere's fan club. Uh, you, Howard? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get down the commercial in between. So. Does Cheryl cry every time he carries her out of the factory at the Absolutely. end? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, okay. Man. Um. Why don't we do this? Let's uh, let's do the news in the third block because we have a lot to talk to Howard about. Great. But before we go to break, I promised Howard his rap names, and here are a few of them. Okay. Howard M. Money. You can't look. Mm. Okay. Uh, Sly Howard. Mm. You're not Sly. No. Nah. Uh, Howie Swag. Don't like Howie. Um, Ratmaster Soul Howard M. House. Mm. Too long. T-shirts. Too long. <laughs> How about branding? Yeah. Killer Howard H. Cuts. Uh, probably not appropriate with what I do for a living. <laughs> Infamous H. Tone, a.k.a. Verbose Cuts. Whew. There again, know. that T-shirt ain't going to happen. <laughs> Howard M. Slice. Hmm? Also, probably. <laughs> Inappropriate, maybe? Probably. Uh, okay. That was a dud. We'll it keep was. working on yours. That's a dead end. No pun intended. Maybe I should have put in the force, the IV. No, they don't. HIV. Um, <laughs> it's getting better, at least. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you move with, on to the with news that. Now? Yeah. Well, uh, let's let's go to break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Howard McComas the Fourth, owner and senior funeral director of McComas Funeral Homes. The Harford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members aged 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MakerBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software including MakerBot and PrinterBot, professional green screen with studio light box and both Apple and Windows computers. All to help create your electronic video, audio, publishing and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. Have a small project at home that you've been putting off? Need some help but don't need a large contractor? For more than seven years, D.R. Curry Contracting, Inc. in Aberdeen has been offering residential and light commercial renovations, remodeling, and maintenance to clients in the Harford County area. Their professional and efficient staff work on installations of windows, doors, siding, kitchen and bath remodels, and more. Customer service and satisfaction is of paramount importance in D.R. Curry Contracting, Inc.'s continued success, no matter the budget. It's time to get that project done. Call 410-272-8779. That's 410-272-8779. Let D.R. Curry, Inc. make your dream renovation become a reality. Welcome back. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby, and this is the Harford Edge. We're delighted to have Howard McComas IV in the studio with us today. 
Howard is the owner and senior funeral director of McComas Funeral Homes and was born and raised right here in Abingdon. Howard is part of the sixth generation of McComas's in funeral service. He is a 1985 graduate of Edgewood High School and after high school he attended Lynchburg College and Appalachian State University in North Carolina where he received his Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration. Howard's active in the community uh, having served on the Board of Trustees of Hartford Community College and currently serving on the Board of Directors of the Boys and Girls Club of Hartford County as well as on the Foundation Board for Hartford Community College. His greatest joy is being involved in the community and spending time with his family. He lives in Bel Air along with his wife Cheryl and sons Reagan and Howard V, Quentin. Yep, Quentin. Um, Again, welcome, Howard, and, and thanks for coming on. Hey, you guys, I very much appreciate being here. And I was telling Bob, you know, as many years uh, all my life living here in the county, I've never been back to the studio itself. So yeah, it's, uh, just a just an interesting spot that uh, Captain Jim uh, envisioned way back when. Huh? Yes, very yeah. auspicious or inauspicious. I don't know what it is. Inauspicious. Inauspicious. Yeah. It should be like flammable, which inflammable and flammable both mean the same thing. That's a good point, but back to what we're talking about. <laughs> well, let me say the first thing, Howard. Uh, you are such a Southern gentleman. I don't know. Uh, we get bios of some people that is, they're eight minutes long. Yeah. You know, they um, third place in the science fair when they were in third grade. And yours is very succinct because you are a very self-effacing and... Um, modest and humble man well i and, haven't done too much either bob so i could write well, so much well now we're going to get around to that not to mention all the, the the stuff you do day in day out for the community and again you walk it you don't talk it as you know my favorite kind of people um but you and your family uh the service you've provided this our community in so many ways um and done it fairly and competently um we thank you for all that and, and tell us, tell us how, how it started. Well, I, you know, I don't know exactly how it started because we're, you know, when you go back that many years, where uh, 1808 is the, uh, the starting date, we had our, our bicentennial, which I remember having the bicentennial for the country, you know, when, mm -hmm. I, was, when I was younger, and although that was so neat, but when we, we were celebrating 10 years ago our bicentennial for the business, um, you know, I, I didn't really know all those folks that came before us. So uh, I gave uh, Henry Peden a, a call up at the Historical Society and said, Henry, help. You know, I, I need to know these folks or at least know a little bit about them, these different generations uh, throughout the year. So he did that. And we learned a lot of the who's, but not necessarily the lives. You know, we right. learned more about, the, you know, their names and their relatives. But the story goes... Um, there in Abingdon and where everything began, um, it was a prestigious thing for folks from the city to be buried out in the country. And back then, rail was a big deal. Uh, Sewell Station was just down the road from where we were, and our family had a uh, furniture company, furniture business there on the corner, and we also happened to have the biggest buckboard in town. So we were the folks that were chored to go down and pick up these caskets and bring them up for burial um, there at the local cemeteries. From there, furniture led into caskets, and we were transporting and doing the caskets, and then somewhere in there actually morphed into the fact that we started serving our 
local community um, in that line of business. So that's <clears throat> that's kind of as I understand. And what year did it? Did, did it uh, uh, official did it year uh, eighteen oh eight. Wow. Oh eight. Yeah. And the um, the the industry has changed a little bit in those two hundred ten yeah. years. Turn a page or two from then, for sure. Um, um, tell us about um, Macomas Funeral Homes now. Sure. What does it look like? Uh, tell us about uh, your expansion mm -hmm. and uh, some new developments on um, some uh, uh, new businesses. Sure. Well, obviously the business evolved over time, and uh, my dad... Howard III was a uh, huge catalyst for bringing, I think, the business into the modern era. Um, from where we were originally there at the corner of Abingdon and Seven, he uh, purchased property. He and his mom, uh, Nina, built a, the facility that's still standing today. And back in the early 70s, had the, had the vision to build a facility that is, that is really serving us very well today. So he brought us into the, the modern era. Today, my sister and I, representing the sixth generation, Holly, um, are taking the business and trying to meet folks where they are when it comes to their needs, their memorialization, their, their tributes they pay for their loved ones. And as you can expect, uh, you know, people's minds change and what they envision to be a, a meaningful tribute. So we're really trying to work our way into uh, a more contemporary feel nowadays, too, while while maintaining that that tradition that you know we've been come to know and and the quality of service. Mm -hmm. So Bob, you mentioned expansion. Um, we're in Abingdon. We've been in Bel Air since '93. They're on Broadway, but just this past week we um, we entered into a deal to purchase uh, the Kurtz Funeral Home up in Jarrettsville. We've known the Kurtz boys forever. They were another family, long-time family-owned uh, business. And um, they were just ready to say, hey, enough, because it's a very demanding business. Mm -hmm. So they reached out to us, and uh, today we're, we're working on revamping that. We're going to try a new model. Uh, that is going to be actually the McComas Life Celebration Center. It's uh, going to provide a more contemporary feel, a place for folks to gather, um, to pay tribute to their loved ones, and um, and uh, just try to, to take things into into uh, where where things are today. Um, well, congratulations on that to you, you and to the uh, to the Kurtz family. Um, let's stay on that uh, the Life Celebration Center um, because I know it seems like a lot of uh, services and tributes and memorials I've been involved in with friends and family over the past few years, it seems like that that's sort of been the momentum that people feel they want to want to move to. So you're if it feels like you're not only leading that, but also noticing it and acknowledging it and accommodating it as far as more informal, more of a celebration of the life, uh, less of a, 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 a ritual ritual than more of a coming together to for, for the person. Talk, well, talk about that. Yeah, and, and that's a that's a shift you're seeing a lot of places. The the value, the importance that we have seen over the years, and obviously being in the business all our lives, the, the value still goes back to the acknowledgement first that somebody's passed away, and somebody's died, somebody's no longer with us. 
And, you know, that part, I think I'm, I'm starting to see, we're starting to see as a firm, folks try to skip over a little bit because we don't really want to go through that, that, that difficult time. We would like to get to the celebration piece. You know, I want to celebrate mom's life. And that is such an, a valuable piece of it. But the first part of it, the acknowledgement and the fact that somebody's no longer with us and that somebody, the fact that we need to learn them in a new way, I like to say, um, that part's getting lost a little bit. So it is, yes, the focus is on the celebration, but still the fact of having the viewing, having the gathering of your community to, and your family, the support, the coming together, that's all part of that process. So if we skip that first part, of the process, and we skip the acknowledgement part, and it is the hard part, but I've watched families over time that they go through that hard part, and it just allows them to take that next step, maybe the next day a little little better. Mm-hmm. When we work with a family, and at the end of that three-day process, when they walk up and say thank you after going through such a difficult time, that brings it full circle for us. So yes, the celebration is important, Bob, but at the same time, um, you know, that piece, that acknowledgement, um, that time of coming together, and I'll, I'll be frank, to have that open casket there, it's not any more real than that. And um, I've found that folks get the most, I use the word value, to help them move forward by having that process. Interesting. Yeah. It, it really is interesting how these things developed um, because, um, and, and I guess you're right that, if there isn't the grief and if there isn't the sharing and the coming face to face with this loss, mm-hmm. when is it going to, is it a week later and then people are going to feel like did they lose their opportunity to say goodbye or to come to terms with it? We've all had, had experiences with loved ones or whoever who didn't, uh, it took a while for it to say sink in and sure. maybe the, what you're talking about helps people come face to face with that while it's happening when we when we try to hopscotch part of that and maybe just get together later somewhere and uh, have a dinner the the part of the coming together and the fact that that someone's husband has passed away you can take the time during a day and have those hours of gathering and acknowledgement or you can kind of skip it and then have that visitation at the checkout line at Klein's over the next couple months because there's invariably somebody's going to walk up and say, hey, how's Jim? Or I heard Jim passed. Then all of a sudden you got eggs and milk in your hand and then you're taking through that whole viewing line again when you're totally unprepared for it. Hmm. So it is, it's a, it, it, uh, when you think of it in that perspective, I think it kind of brings it home. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think it really is important, as you were saying, in the grieving process f- for closure. I mean, if you don't have closure, you can't really fully open that next chapter mm-hmm. in your life, right? And and how much better how much better is it to have that process and have that time in a place and um, surrounded by people who understand what you're experiencing they may not you know know how you feel necessarily as an individual but they mm-hmm. understand the process that you're going through you have you know 210 years of experience you know and tradition supporting you and then you can support those folks 
rather than, you know, kind of trying to do it on your own and just saying, oh, well, I'll get back to that. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with those feelings later when they don't hurt so much. And, yeah. you know, but being able to take that time with, with people that understand how to help you True. through the process, you know, I think that's invaluable. Psychologically, the grief process, and we've all heard of the different steps of grief, you're going to go through it. It's a matter of, of how healthy are you going to be going through it, and then what's the duration of that to, to go through, too. And, and there's a reason that this funeral process goes back so far as it does. Um, you know, when we started making the decision, is this is the way we're going to treat our dead, basically. Mm-hmm. This is the way we're going to treat this process. It has worked for such a long time, and now we're seeing it morph a little bit. Um, so it, fe- it feels to me, and I don't know whether this is just because of the power of suggestion, it feels to me that there seem to be more smiles and more frank talk of the person having passed at services now. It, it, it feels like when I was growing up, it was very solemn. There wasn't a lot of talk. There was all tears. And now it seems like there are more smiles, but also, Frank, talk to you uh, as far as your point before that. You cannot ignore the fact that they're gone. We're, we're going to miss them, that this is a tragedy mm-hmm. that they're gone for whatever reason. Is that, mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Does that, can you put that in the context of what you're doing? We, you know, whatever we do, library world um you know whatever we do we we deal with trends right so um a trend that we're dealing with right now as a society is fewer and fewer people are going to church they just are especially um established organized religions you're seeing more folks go maybe the non-denominational way well if you go to one of those churches you get the same feel coffee relaxed people just kind of coming as they are and you know, that's a commentary, I guess, in general in society. But what it's forced us to do is the folks that have come traditionally to our services, our funerals, and always had a minister up front. And that has been such a tradition and, and such so comforting to folks. There's a segment of folks saying, unfortunately, not for me. You know, I do not want somebody up there preaching about my loved one. Or we never went to church. Or he was never churched. So, well, he doesn't. He didn't even know my my or husband didn't, sure, or whatever. Sure, which is can't so, fault him for that. But. So, so the program that we've been working with is more of a um, a celebrant program, and it's not to take folks away from the church mindset, but yet the, those folks that don't aren't in that world, it gives value to them to be able to create a service for their loved one, and one of our celebrants will sit down and go over for hours with folks to learn about their, their, their mom or dad or uh, their loved one, but then create this service that is very testimonial-based, very music-based, um, uh, jokes or whatever, you know, whatever was them. And there's going to be a giveaway. There's going to be, you know, whatever music they listen to, um, their, their items to bring in the room. So it's going to be a very, very um, targeted piece that is customized. So to your point, Bob, what you're talking about is that that's, uh, that's the route we've gone to provide that option for folks. So we've had people come away from there and come up to us and, and, and use the words, Howard, that was a good funeral. You know, and to put those two words in the same sentence, there, there's a piece of value coming from that, I feel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because it, 
again with the grief it makes people you celebrate meaning more the person who's saying the mass or celebrating the service but, sure but if they help the people to again just feel feel the pain but feel the love feel what everyone else feels about this person mm -hmm. it's um it's so much less antiseptic for lack of a better word so um now uh, now are you the sole owner you the big cheese the only big cheese now well how, my, there's myself the funeral home? myself and then my sister's involved also holly okay yes so um uh we're we're this generation okay yeah, we're the we're the sixth generation and we'll we'll see about the next generation i i always joke my uh everybody said are you were you pressured to get into the business and dad would always say hey not at all just remember you got a roman numeral to end your name <laughs> so um anyway uh my son sons howard the fifth we call him quentin and then reagan you know high school right now middle school and both of them just work so well with people so we will see time will tell if you had a handy uh i'm not i want to ask that question i was gonna ask if you had a handicap in yeah who, who, who do you think would would do it uh and has that changed five times over the past 10 years those two bring such different things to the table uh quentin has a business head he's loves athletics reagan he loves the stage. He just loves people. He loves drama. So it's the other side of the brain. It is other side of the brain, which uh, my Cheryl and I still don't understand which where he got that from because he's so good at it. And um, it sounds like they're going to be that'd be a great partnership. I I have always thought that, but no pressure, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there is a V at the end of your name. There is a V. <laughs> Remember the V. <laughs> and tell us about uh, some of the things. Uh, in line with what you're doing and how you're 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 transforming the business while maintaining it, maintaining its traditions. Um, tell us about the grief talks that you do. Yeah, Holly Holly coordinates the grief talks, and uh, the third Thursday of every month, it's just a casual drop-in at our Abingdon facility um, for an hour, and um, they just come. Uh, Andrea Yingling, she's um, comes with us from Gilcrest just to offer a, uh, a guided or an unguided conversation with whatever was on anybody's mind. So it's really not a, a program or a series that has a, a topic of discussion. More of it's, it's, it's kind of a self-help. And we made it that way. So it's a, it's a you know, when it's going to be, you know, when, you know, when and where it's going to be. And it's just simply a drop-in, just somehow to assist folks at the last minute if it, you know somebody just needs a little bit more guidance. Now, in addition to that, there are many other grief support programs out there that um, we advocate and, and we, uh, we recommend. But um, that's the one that we're doing ourselves and sponsor ourselves. Well, let's stay on these things that you're doing to support this. And a lot of it is it seems to be... Uh, uh, focused on the help that others who have gone through a loss mm -hmm. um, to be among those is often one of the most um, I guess pressureless and valuable thing for someone who's had a loss sure because as we all you know when we all lose people we, you know you start to say oh I know how you must feel and then you realize I can't know how you must feel and I it's you know I, I why even imply that I would know how you feel? 
because you're going through it. But if it's like cops does it, uh, concerns of police survivors with families and you, um, I, compassionate friends and grief share, um, along with this grief talk, um, talk about that uh, and web healing while you're at it. Sure. Well, again, those are those are long established programs that have been uh, nationwide, and various different churches offer the uh, grief share. And that's more of a guided tour, so if you need something a little more structured, um, there's several churches in the area that offer that. And Compassionate Friends, of course, lost a child, and, you know, that's a specific loss. You know, that loss is unlike any other loss. So um, they offer things specific to that, to giving guidance to that. Um, and web healing? The same way. You know, okay. that's, a, that's a go-to, and that's, that's more of a... You know, you can kind of do it on your own from home. So, okay. you know, a lot of people are private. A lot of people don't want to sit at a table. Mm-hmm. Even though the healthy thing of hearing that you're going through this, too, does help. But that allows somebody to do it, you know, one-on-one, on their own. And uh, the bus trip, the Longwood Gardens bus yeah. trip. Um, um, how Holly, long has this been going on? Holly's been doing this now for, uh, I mean, over 15 years. And uh, just... Just a, it's a simple thing. It's an easy thing. But widow, widowers that we've worked with over the year, uh, even the years past, are welcome to come. We've we'll, uh, been going up to Longwood Gardens and uh, just allowing the day for them to be together in just a relaxed setting. It's an easy get to, uh, and they and they go up there and uh, and there's been a lot of friendships formed through that trip. There's also been jokes about you know a couple of dating games been going on through that too. But I don't know too much about that but uh you can imagine <laughs> probably best <laughs> you can imagine how that's how that's worked but anyway that has just been a really fulfilling thing for the folks that have lost a spouse or a partner there's nothing wrong with rekindling a fire not at all <laughs> not at all and i know you never run you're really fat and out of shape but tell us about the turkey day trot oh turkey trot yes partnership with the y um we've uh, with suzanne green there and Cheryl's on the on the board with that to help uh, with those plans, uh, my wife, and um, that's been held right there at the Bel Air facility because it's just very convenient to the Mom Pa Trail, and uh, we've been doing that um, I don't know 12 plus years, and and that's just an easy one because uh, being right where it's going to be run from, uh, that's grown over the years, and uh, you know it's over 2,000 people now gathering there at a time. Wow. On uh, Thanksgiving morning, go out. You know, you have friends you have friends and family in from out of town. It's just easy. You get there at 8. It's an 8.30 run. How long is the run? It is 3.1. Yeah. 3.1? It's a, it's a 5K. It's a 5K? Yeah, 3.1 miles. And I have one of those white ovals on my bumper. Yeah. It says 0. 0.1. Zero point, you're one of those guys. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> you know, you a, can, you can walk at the turkey trot too, Bob. Yeah, you, and you can bring your dog now too. That's a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to bring their bring their wolfers out. So I'd be like Rosie Ruiz, who, uh, the woman who uh, uh, took the subway and uh, jumped into the Boston Marathon in the last mile, yep. and she was celebrated as the winner for like twelve hours till they realized what she did. Yeah, she got her <laughs> picture taken at least. So, so that's been great. First of all, uh, not first of all, but let's talk about the people part of this and combined with the business part. And we're talking to Howard McComas IV, McComas Funeral Homes. Uh, this is not an easy business to be in, in so many ways, is it? 
It takes a toll. It does. I uh, advantage I have is growing up around it and watching my dad, and uh, but I saw a toll it's taken on him and our family because he was making it happen when we were growing up. So he was not around much. He committed to to that business and he's and he, he's brought it to where it is now. But I tell you, I always I always talk about this because I, I I tell myself this the same way. With any business or anything you do, you you got to have that balance. You know, everybody gets tired, sick of me hearing say, talk about this balance, but it's so true. And um, you know, the balance, the three-legged stool. So uh, you have you have work, and a lot of times work will come absolutely first, even though that's not necessarily the the priority it should take. And then if there's time left over, then it's with your family. And if you if you miss some of the time of your family, you're going to feel that too. But normally, that that third-legged third leg of the stool is yourself yeah. so if you don't take care of that which typically that goes by the wayside then mentally or physically you get off the tracks and then you can't do the other two so that's that's the challenge it, working with people every day if you're working with somebody that's lost a loved one every day there's got to be a balance you have to strike how close you get to that situation if you get too far away people will pick it up in a heartbeat if you get too far in and you get too engaged with them, it's gonna you're it's gonna be you'll be hard pressed to work with that next family. And I think we normally, if anything, we'll get a little too close because none none of our folks will get too far away because they're not wired that way. But I, I guess it, one of the hard parts, and just talk about this, is one of the defense mechanisms I would imagine that most people go through is just to harden your heart to it, and just you know just wall yourself off and just not ignore the human side of it so that you can go on to the next one. But as you were saying, that maybe gets you too far away. How, how do you how do you deal with it without losing your compassion or empathy or emotion? I don't think you lose it when you work with your client families, we call them. I think you'll lose it maybe when you go home. I, I've had Cheryl ask me, don't you have any emotion today? Well, I, I guess you got a cup, right? And you use that cup for whatever that cup's worth, and when that cup's empty, then it's just it's just tough. So that balance part comes into uh, uh, big time uh, the importance of it. I want to mention the fact that our group is uh, we've never had a better uh, team, and it is a team than we've ever had now. We have a record number of uh, young folks. Tell us about your team working with us, sure. And we have a record number of uh, of women. We, we have more women directors for the first time ever in the history of this of our firm than ever. And um, I, think, uh, I think women bring a unique uh, uh, nurturing spirit to the job. And uh, it's just amazing to watch um, what they do bring to the table. So uh, between that and I have a couple folks in, in uh, uh, school right now. Um, I mean, we're... we're young 20s into 30s and it just amazes me to think about um, the the young folks today and the so many people that you see that they have their heads stuck in those phones and that's the way they're communicating even with somebody right next to them to watch and see these young folks come on and be able to sit down and have such an intimate conversation with somebody who has lost somebody it's such a special thing and uh these are these are just a special group that we have working with us right now. How does it break down 
as far as the division of duties. I, uh, you know, director, mortician, hospitality, operations, mm -hmm. uh, crowd control, um, scheduling, meeting and greeting, um, inter relations with the loved ones, mm -hmm. etc. How do you, you may have like in a given week, you may have seven services going on. How sure. do you break the, what's the York chart look like? Well, over time, obviously, and getting uh, as busy as we've been working with families, you've had to create a structure. So our structure starts with um, our director of funeral service operations, that's Ryan Hughes, and Ryan oversees the entire operation. Um, from there, uh, we have an admin uh, office controller in Cindy Hudson. Cindy's been with us um, 30 years. And um, that uh, she'll oversee that area. Melissa Minor oversees our part-time staff because we're only as good as our part-time support. Because you, you can imagine the, the the need of a business like this ebbs and flows, right? I mean, I it expands. They, they feel like it, they come out of the woodwork. Well, it expands, <laughs> right? You see the green jackets everywhere, yeah, right? Yeah. So it, it expands, but then on a, on another given day, then it just contracts, and you don't need the the the, the staff that day. So um, part-time on-call staff is just invaluable and Melissa Minor oversees them. Back to Ryan a second. Ryan's uh, dad, Steve, and a lot of people in the community have been served by Steve and his, his guidance. Um, he uh, retired this past year after 47 years with us. So he uh, started 18 years old and and, uh, and helped us all the way through those years. And uh, he was director of operations. And it just has worked out. It wasn't by plan. It's worked out that Ryan has had the, uh, the qualities to step in dad's shoes and has just been taking us to the next level um, with his mindset. But um, you know, Charlie Amge has been with us 20-plus years. Kim Zerotny has been with us uh, 12 years now. Um, Charlie Minor, he's just started with this, but he, I, I know he's just going to be long-term. Casey Hughes, I, I can continue to go down all these names, and it's it's that team piece that has created, we've been had created as a group that really, I, I think most people, most people enjoy coming to work, even though the challenging job that it is. This, so. this is a tough one. If I asked any one of them what's, what makes McComas what it is, um, why um, Why do I trust McComas so much with this service? Um, what would they say? Uh, the folks that we work with, you mean? The, uh, your employees. Okay. I, I just I think that it's nothing that you say. I think that it's something that collectively we feel from one another, and that's the, the possession that each director and each person in the office takes with each family that we work with. So I, I, I think you can't do this job if you don't have it in your head because you can't get it done, but you can't do it if you don't have it in your heart. And it's such an interesting piece that we'll have interviewed some folks and, you know, they'll have one or the other but won't have it together. And if you don't, it just won't be a long-term relationship. So I think, I think that's it. I think it's, it's the full circle the fact that somebody has lost a loved one and there's a thank you in there somewhere after we've worked with them. I think that's what you would uh, you would hear okay. from folks from the team. And this is more 
uh, on the job duties. What is the difference between a mortician and a funeral director? Terminology, okay? Used to be, what, undertaker, mortician, which none of us really like too much. Um, yeah, it's got the... Funeral practitioner is probably the latest. Funeral professional is probably the latest. But um, a lot of that has to do with whether there's embalming. We have embalming skills or not. Okay. And then you work on the funeral side and doing conducting funerals. Um, but for the most part, all of our funeral directors do everything. Yeah. Okay. So across the board. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to come up with the new term for funeral director, mortician. Is and I'll good, get back to you. Is it going to be like my uh, rap name? I hope not. Because <laughs> okay. uh, we'll, we'll probably have to have a chat about that. Jennifer had great ones, the one we did hers. Foxy, Jenny, J. Soul, Jiggy, J.B., and Young Diva, Jenny, J. I think they all fly. Uh, I mean, I think they could use some work, but that's just me. Well. <laughs> Mine were horrible as well. Yours, yeah, yours were also bad. I feel like so, you needed a, diff a different website, maybe. Yeah, that's a, that's a bad rap name generator website, yeah. as they go. I would say. Uh, back to you folks. Um, what's um, First thing... What do you know now, starting uh, in this business? What, what can all of us learn from you that you you didn't know at the beginning? What were some of the? What do you understand better now than that could only come with experience? Mm -hmm. What like used to flip you out then, and mm -hmm. now you realize, and what didn't flip you out then and concerned you more now? That's funny. I okay, good questions. You come up with these questions. There's some they're rattling around in the back. Or do you go to a site? Ping pong does, it, does a site generate these questions for you? <laughs> no, you, I don't work good with generators. <laughs> the thing that, that I, I've probably learned the most myself is I was told there's a way to do things and that, that should be done this way every time. And if you don't, then the family is not being served. And maybe at one time that's the way it was. I have learned over time, not just at, not just, uh, at work, but at home too, is chill okay things will work out you're there to guide the process you don't necessarily need to create the process every time uh, each family is in a different place they're going through what they're going through but they're in a different place and they come to it a different way a little bit too so relax you you're, you're there as a as a guide you're there as a counselor you're there as an advisor um, to help them through the process so i don't get so wound up when each little thing doesn't go exactly the way I thought it should go. Um, that's the one piece. The challenge I see, the challenge I see, um, is just what I told you earlier. The value of this process is getting lost. We're such a, um, a Wawa mentality uh, society now. 140 character text. Yep. Character. Just, you know, I, I'd really ra rather not deal with you. Just I'm going to go put in my sandwich and then just call my number. And people are so wired that way anymore. Amazon, right? Sit in, my, sit in the house and wait a day and then I got everything I need. That this is a process you can't skip. This is a process you can't touch the screen. This is a process that you have to go through. And if you don't, it's going to go through you. And it's probably going to go through you in a way that you don't want it to. So, but I don't know how you convey that today, today's folks, 
we speak uh, all the time, and all of our directors are very good at, at offering, you know, guidance to folks about that. But I just don't know how you convey that when people are swinging so far the other way. Hmm. And it's such a value, valuable piece. So um, I'd say that's, of everything, I'd say that's probably the, the number one challenge. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. One thing, give us one thing, one of the hardest things or the funniest things or most challenging things, if you want to give us two, that really made an imprint on you. Maybe it's something that was, that made you say to yourself, oh my God, I am so glad I do this for a living. This made it all worthwhile. Or something where this was just a huge challenge, whether a logistical challenge, or we don't want to talk about, I know you've had some incidents where there have been, I can't imagine going through it as a human. Yeah. But tell us one or two things that. Mm, now I'm on the spot on yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, we've had many, many funny things happen. And, you know, that, that you got to have that go on. If you don't have that, go back to that word balance, you know. If my tie's always tight and hands always crossed, and I, your head would blow up, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to have that time. And we we do a very good job just goofing with one another, I think. And uh, I think that part is is a piece that kind of keeps the sanity and keeps keeps the flow. Um, but uh, do you have any kind of hazing ritual for the new funeral directors where you try to? You know, I wouldn't do what they did to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it that way. I mean, as a kid, they would throw me in caskets and close the lid, and <laughs> and uh, and they wouldn't put throw me in there long. But um, that was an eye-opening experience, to say the least. It's a wonder, you know. I I'm I half, would still be screaming. I'm half here. <laughs> I'm claustrophobic, so. But um, I, probably one of the most moving experiences that I've had, and, and there's been a couple of us that have looked at each other and agreed on this, is. Um, you know, when we when we lost those two God bless deputies just a couple of years ago, and um, we um, we were blessed to be able to work with both those families, and you know we were in the middle of Mountain Christian Church with that place packed, and you know you have however many uniforms you have in there and people and supporters, and it, it, for people to walk out and and you walk by people during that time and people you don't know that you typically just walk by, but people are now looking at one another and speaking to one another, actually bringing, bringing people together that mm -hmm. don't know one another to get one thing done. I hadn't seen that really before then. Hmm. And we were walking down the aisle um, with the family, uh, with the one service. And I think at that point, I think, and, and, and they were talking to us and we're talking to them and we've been, you know, we've been talking for weeks with them. And, um, uh, I think at that point I said, this is why I do what I do. Um, as tragic as that was, we were there as a group to be able to help guide through that process. And, um, and, uh, I don't know about full circle, but that circle got started, hmm. you know, and, and started to make that, that next step and help them do that. Um, I think that, I think that was that was a defining moment, if you want to use that word, defining moment in, in what I do um, in the career. So yeah. it, it brought it home. Perfect thing that ended on. Yeah, brought it home. Um, thank you from everyone for what you do. And I know, and I hope um, you folks know every day what an honor it is that you're trusted. You're entrusted with this 
for so many um, for so many folks. Bob, before you leave me, I just want to mention um, coming up, we have our our 24th annual service of remembrance too. Um, that'll be on November 7th at uh, Bellar Methodist Church. And so, what, tell us about it, but also before that, yeah. how do people find out about all this stuff? Uh, on our website, on our Facebook page, um, and then certainly can call any of our three locations too. Okay. But um, got away. It called a memorial service way back then, way back when. But now it's a service of remembrance. So it's it's simply um, as we approach the holidays, um, coming together remembering a loved one you may have lost. And that doesn't even have to be, you know, that we worked with you. I mean, that's, that's open to the public. Anybody that's lost a loved one, um, uh, that's mom, dad, son, animal, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, all loss is a loss. And we come together for one evening just to just to remember in general. So, And that is November 7th. It is. Which, I, please tell me that's not like a week and a half away. Already. Well, unless November you're, unless you're on a different calendar. Yeah. So, and that, where is that? At, at, um, it's at Bellar Methodist Church. Okay. November 7th, 7 p.m., 24th Annual Service of Remembrance, um, yeah. Bellar Methodist, uh, which is, I guess, November 7th is, would be a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Okay. My son's birthday, Quinn's birthday. Today is Cindy Mumby's birthday. Holy, and you haven't given her a shout out yet. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Cindy. And our anniversary's in four days, so we have nice. a, a, the exacta. Nice. Um, Group it all ha together. But, Howard, uh, thank you so much um, for how you, uh, for what you and your team do day in and day out. And doubly thank you, because I work with you closely on a lot of community things that make huge differences in so many people's lives. And you, you do that, and uh, your team does that. Uh, without much chest pounding or without much megaphone, um, but you just do it because you know it's right, and um, we're lucky to have you, uh, you folks in the community. Well, it's an honor to be on today, and uh, thank Jen and Mary and everybody at the, the uh, library for providing this. We need more local, right? That's right. Well, it's that's, all about local. So I mean, a, right. It's a good lead-in to a, we'll go from one great institution and to the, the, another. Um, we always love doing this uh, at the end of the show. Uh, library events, what's coming up? There's 11 million people working at the library. <laughs> There's 11 like, million library events, too. Yes, it's, it's amazing. How many visits? Two million? Um, Last year, I think Mary said? Something like that. So anything interesting coming up library event-wise? We have a couple of things. You um, still re you're still resting, recovering from the gala? We are trying to recover from the gala. It was um, it was our most successful gala ever, um, record breaking in so many ways. It really was just a great party. So, um, if you haven't already, you know, check out the the foundation, the library foundation's Facebook page. They'll give you um, all the updates, um, photos from um, from the night, and and um, updates on how much money we raised and how they'll be. Um, spending that money to support the library over over the next year so it was a really great event and thank you to all of our our sponsors and and the community for attending and supporting us again it was it's it's really great to see everyone coming together just to have a great a great time in a in a great place for a great reason so fantastic yeah um i do want to mention a couple of uh upcoming activities we have 
Um, we're obviously just days away from Halloween, so you might want to come out to Humans vs. Zombies at the Havity Grace Library tomorrow, October 27th, um, 6.30 to 8 p.m. This is for adults. This is not uh, kids or teens. This, you know, If you want to come out and survive the zombie apocalypse, this is your chance. Um, you're going to defend yourself with socks and dart blasters. Uh, to can avoid, we put, can we put rocks in the socks? No rocks, Bob. Oh, okay. This is a friendly My event. Teenage years, Christian <laughs> night, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, you're just gonna try to, you know, avoid the zombie horde. So if that's your thing, come out to Habity Grace tomorrow. Um, we also have uh, Monday, October 29th at Joppa li Library. Uh, we have yoga, so kind of the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, that's at 5:30 p.m. And that's also for adults. Um, we have teen time at the library happening on Tuesday, October 30th, uh, Aberdeen Library at 3 o'clock, so grades 6 through 12. It's really just a chance for your teens to come out and hang out together, um, you know, socialize, you know, make, make, maybe make some new friends. Uh, we'll have video and board games, um, and it should be a good time. They've got a really great teen group over in Aberdeen, so feel free to join them. Um, and then this is kind of, you know, more up my alley on Thursday, November 1st. Um, you can create a cookie cutter or an ornament to get yourself ready for your baking uh, in just, you know, gosh, I don't know, a short month or two away. Um, so that's at Falston Library during the library's open hours, so from 10 till 8. Um, it's for all ages. Bring the family. Um, you can design a 3D printed cookie cutter or, or ornament on their 3D printer, print it out, and then you'll have your own unique cookie cutter design. So if you want to give away... Um, something fun for Christmas or to your employees, come on in and, um, and learn how to do that. Um, also, just a quick shout-out, we have early voting happening. Um, we have Edgewood and Jarrettsville libraries um, today through November 1st, um, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. So if you haven't um, already, feel free to get out and vote early um, if you don't want to wait for the, the general election. So I voted yesterday in uh, Aberdeen. And uh, yesterday evening, it was heavy. Great yep. turnout, yep. which is Good. Yep. fantastic. Good turnout. Good turnout. Fantastic. Good. Well, hats off to your, to the HCPL team, hcplonline.org. That's right. Um, hcplonline.org. Um, and um, before we sign off, I do have, I want to end it on a lighter note. And didn't know whether to use this or not, but I told my wife this morning, and she loved it. So... Um, we're going to do it. All right, let's do, do it. it. It has to do with problem solving. Okay. Um, little old lady, I, this is a true story, by the way, okay. uh, goes to the doctor. Doctor, I have this problem with gas, but it really doesn't bother me too much. When I do it, it never smells, and it's always silent. As a matter of fact, I've probably done it at least 20 times since I've been here in your office, and you didn't know I was doing it because they don't smell and are silent. Doctor says, I see. Take these pills and come back to see me next week. Next week, the lady comes back. Doctor, I don't know what you gave me, but now they're still silent, but they stink terribly. Doctor says, excellent. Now that we've cleared up your sinuses, let's work on your hearing. <laughs> Where's your... There you go. <laughs> Come on. That was great. That's beautiful. <laughs> so classy, our Bob. <laughs> oh, you should have seen the ones that didn't make the cut. Thank you, Cindy, for not letting yes. them make the cut. 
<laughs> Good editing. All right. Well, uh, that's all the time that we have for the Harford Edge. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks again to Allison and Howard and Bob. And we will talk to you next week.